Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson. With me is Julia Monin. And Julia, it's Holy Week. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Happy Spy Wednesday. It We're is recording Spy this Wednesday. on Spy Wednesday. Yeah. Oh man. I heard a I heard a gut-wrenching homily this morning, man. Sure. About Spy Wednesday and Judas and how uncomfortable that makes us all. And we try to make up excuses for what like here he is walking with the Lord. Here he is having friends who are following the Lord, receiving the grace of, of holy orders at the Last Supper, and yet he still betrays him. Mm-hmm. And so we try to like, well, maybe it was this, or maybe it was that, or maybe this, or maybe that. But the reality is, is he betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And that's always what we can do, too. What? Mm-hmm. Spy Wednesday. Spy Wednesday. Holy Week is amazing and awesome, and I'm so glad we're here. It's almost too much. I can't take this all in a week. Mm-hmm. You think that's what Jesus yeah. said too? As he's yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I had two <laughs> two little nephews of mine who um, helped my husband and I lead the stations last week. So mm. they were the torchbearers. Sure. And they're untrained, and so this was the first time they've ever carried the torches. And by the end of it, I, they must have got a little heavy, or maybe they weren't holding them where they should. Anyway, the one comes back into the. Uh, the sacristy after mass and just falls on the ground. His back was hurting so much. First of all, he's being a little yeah. overdramatic, but I said, Oh, imagine how Jesus felt when he was carrying the cross. That's for right. You. That's right. You think he was in his, you. in his head. He was thinking, let this chalice pass from me. Yes. You know, he's just so burdened. Ah, oh, it hurt my back yeah. so much. That's right. How do you think the Lord felt? Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you something else. Oh, you had been so proud of me. Yesterday, I told the nerdiest dad joke I've ever told in my life. Ever? Ever. Whoa. And I was so proud of it all day. I think I repeated it three times, which I felt like you too, because like when you do something that's funny, <laughs> you just kept repeating it. So, Me? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was um, chatting with two of my friend's sons who are being trained as servers, and they mm-hmm. haven't served at a mass yet before. So as it turns out, providentially, the first mass they're going to serve at is holy thursday mass and i said well boys this is a great mass for you to get your feet wet at Ah. (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad yes mallory it's so bad it's good and i was so proud of it i told it three times and now here now it's four now it's four best dad joke i've ever told that's that is that is one for the memory books Mm -hmm. yeah good mass for you to get your feet wet at Valerie, it's good. Come on. <laughs> anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Wow. That's all I know. That's good. Uh, it, it, it was good. Mm-hmm. It is good. Yeah. It is good that we are here. It <clears throat> is good that we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should pray then. It sounds the good. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for your abundant blessings. Ask that you may stir in, in our hearts the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and that all those listening to this may experience your love and your and your mercy, especially as we enter this holy week and later celebrate the joy of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And we ask this all through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Pope St. John Paul II, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So where we go? God. <laughs> Where we go, we go to the catechism. Uh-huh. And the year was 1812, a very difficult year in these United States. <laughs> the paragraph was 1812. The paragraph is 1812. <clears throat> 1812 to 1832. So 
about faith, hope, and love. And then at the end, we're just going to stick a little bit in about the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So where are we at here, Padre, in the actual so sections the, of the catechism? Yeah, so we're in the life, of Christ, life in Christ section. So that's mm-hmm. the whole third section, the moral life. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first half of that section is just morality in general, gifts, graces, sin, freedom, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is the Ten Commandments. So we're in the, that first half talking about morality in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I, I had forgotten this, but we did one we did one um, one episode on the first commandment and to the the, the to honor the the Lord mm-hmm. and there was sins against that and that was sins against faith, sins against hope, sins against oh, yeah, charity. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah. So um, so those faith, hope, and charity show up yeah. in multiple places. Right. This is about the virtues themselves, not sins against them. Right, exactly. The, we get to go to the positive today. Yeah. yeah. We do. All right, so beginning in 1812, the theological virtues, just what are they? The human virtues are rooted in the theological virtues. The theological virtues relate directly to God. They dispose Christians to live in a relationship with the Holy Trinity. Moving on to the next paragraph, the theological virtues are the foundation of Christian moral activity. They animate it and give it its special character. They are infused by God into the souls of the faithful to make them capable of acting as his children and of meriting eternal life. There are three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. I was picking and choosing, by the way. Those were yeah, the paragraphs in them. Well done. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what they are. Faith, hope, and charity. Probably people have probably heard that, even if maybe they couldn't um, define them as the theological mm-hmm. virtues. Prior to this, in the catechism, we talk about the cardinal virtues, mm-hmm. which we've talked about in the past, what those are, and yeah. the questions Did of we those. Do those. No, but I mean, okay. I brought that up as a question because it got brought up in uh, in conversation in my life, and we were discussing oh, about what right. is that? What are the cardinal virtues? So mm-hmm. we're not there yet. But anyway, the theological virtues. Okay. So they're ones that um, allow us to live the moral life, right? Mm-hmm. The, so to choose right from wrong, to live with, um, to live in the midst of difficulties. How do we do all that? Well, these three virtues have been are given to us, right? There's nothing we can open ourselves to receive them. We can't, we can't strive to uh, to build them, I guess, in our lives, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's not it, it's the Lord's work in us. They're they're gifts from the Lord. Right. The Lord's work in us that we can refuse and reject, mm-hmm. but that we can't merit on our right. own by our own. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm okay. saying. Thanks okay. for translating. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> you know me. Sure thing. So faith, the first, is belief. Mm-hmm. Belief, hope, desire, charity, love. Yeah. Action. Okay. Yeah. So faith, belief. Faith is the theological virtue by which we believe in God and believe all that he has said and revealed to us and that Holy Church proposes for our belief because he is truth itself. So faith, this gift of faith, we believe in God, we believe in what he has given to us, what the church has revealed to us. Sure. Okay. And there's a whole lot of like different dimensions to faith because mm-hmm. you could, one is like an intellectual one. This is what God reveals. Do we intellectually believe that's true? Do we accept this is what the church has passed on as God's revelation? Do we assent to that intellectually and say, yes, that is true? Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole dimension of faith that's related to trust. You look about uh, you look at somebody like Abraham, who's always kind of the father of faith, mm-hmm. who's the one, the example, and his is to actually trust that the Lord is the one who's leading his life and not him doing things himself. So mm-hmm. there's a there's an intellectual part of 
uh, believing in the faith, but then there's also like a, a lived experience of that. And, and that gets tied into hope and trust and all of those certain things. So that's like, there's dimensions mm. of faith that all work, work together. Mm. You know, I am, um, I, in my Carmel community, the little formation group I have this year, we're reading John of the Cross, the ascent of Mount Carmel. Mm. And John talks about, you know, being, being purified, entering into the dark to be purified, to enter into union with the Lord. So he talks about these virtues and I'm very tempted to talk about faith and purifying the intellect and memory, purifying and all this, but I'm not going to go there because I don't know it well enough to actually do it justice. Mm. Okay. But he has great wisdom on the I matter. I wouldn't know any better. So you could just... Fool me. Other people who listen might be like, mm. stop talking if you don't know what you're talking about. Sure. Okay, no problem. Maybe we should just be silent for the rest I of the know, time. right? Yeah. Be silent. Welcome to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. We don't know a whole lot, we so we're just going to shut up. So we're just going to wave and say, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I'm moving on. Okay. Yeah. 1815, the gift of faith remains in one who has not sinned against it. Okay, so it's a gift. Mm-hmm. We can't merit it, but we can reject it. Right. Okay. But it's sin against faith. Right. Reject. Okay. Reject it. And then continuing, but faith apart from works is dead. When it is deprived of hope and love, faith does not fully unite the believer to Christ and does not make him a living member of his body. So faith apart from works is dead. It can't exist without the hope and the charity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Roger that. Okay. Um, And then the last paragraph on faith, the disciple of Christ must not only keep the faith and live on it, but also profess it, confidently bear witness to it, and spread it. So, I mean, there's there's some examples I've met in my life, Mm -hmm. sometimes myself included, Mm -hmm. that we, we think like, well, my faith's more of a private thing. I'm not very publicly faithful, but privately I am. Sure. To which this paragraph in the catechism basically says, well, then that's not faith. Sure. Right? Like our faith is necessarily, <laughs> if we believe it, we ought to be public with it. We ought mm-hmm. to we ought to be able to say, yes, I, I do in, in public believe. And I actually, it's not just that I believe, I actually want other people because I found... I found something or someone has found me that's mm. worthy of us giving our, our lives to. So, um, mm. so you know, and it, it quotes in here um, Jesus' words from the gospel according to Matthew. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Mm. So basically, Jesus says faith is not a private affair. Mm-hmm. It, it's necessarily public and mm. that's risky mm-hmm. man he just yeah kicking us in the pants well <laughs> inviting us to show that we care that's better yeah that's better yeah yeah right and that's always a risk i was even mm-hmm. think yesterday we had the chrism mass down the cathedral mm-hmm. in cincinnati mm-hmm. so i was down there and there's always something fun about walking around in a black dress in downtown cincinnati <laughs> but it gets even better <laughs> when by some providence <clears throat> The Chrism Mass starts almost at the exact same time as the opening day Reds baseball game. Oh. So there's all of these people going around because mm-hmm. they have a parade and people mm-hmm. just around downtown that are just like looking at us funny. And um, mm-hmm. you just kind of wave and smile and the kids are kind of like oodling at you. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with this person? Mm-hmm. So um, that's a very minor, minor uh, way, but. Uh, it was a recent one, so it's fresh on my mind. Sure, yeah. right, right. Living then, the faith, okay. And then you realize sometimes you're not living it well publicly when you are dressed like this, and one of your classmates from the seminary drives by in a car and yells something at you, and you yell something back at him, all in jest. But then you realize 
these people remember me don't know that we're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, now I'm dying to know what yeah. was said. But well, I just uh, somebody, yeah, somebody yelled something. And I said, "Later, nerd." Okay. He always ends phone calls like that. Uh-huh. Um, Later, nerd. Yeah, it could yeah. have been worse. <laughs> yeah, it could have been much worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, so those are the three paragraphs on the theological virtue of faith, and then we move into hope in paragraph 1817. Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. The theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life is our happiness. Yeah. Okay. And even like you couple that with the, the next 1818 mm. has uh, the virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man. Mm-hmm. And like all of us have that desire written in us to be happy, mm-hmm. this desire to, to live a joyful life. And the Lord responds with the virtue of hope to mm-hmm. let us know that it's possible to say, okay, you desire eternal bliss. Mm-hmm. Eternity in the kingdom of God is going to be the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And so often we look for other places to fill that, but the Lord through hope directs us, the virtue of hope directs us to, to the only thing that can really fulfill, and that's Christ who is the kingdom of the kingdom of God, the king. So that's awesome. So he's like prepared us for himself. Mm. So faith, I, I'm going to attempt this because it's really golden. And my father, John of the cross is here. Mm. <laughs> so faith purifies our intellect. Faith purifies our intellect, draws us into God. And we have to rest in that darkness of we can't know everything. And so we have to rest in that darkness of we have faith because we believe. Mm-hmm. And hope purifies our memory. So it purifies, it, it purifies, I can't pretend that I understand this as well as I get the faith one, but purifies our memory. We rest in this hope that is God and God alone and this hope for eternal life. Even though mm-hmm. we can't see it, we've never been there. We, we, it purifies our memory and our, the lies that we've become consumed sure. with. You want to say something? Yeah, I, I thought of this, uh, the very end of the Lord of the Rings, yeah. the return of the king. Okay. As, you know, <clears throat> as their Mount Doom is exploding mm-hmm. and Frodo and Sam are sitting there on the side of the mountain mm-hmm. and Frodo remembers the Shire mm-hmm. and he's got this longing to go back to the Shire and he's mm-hmm. like hoping, you know, for the grass in his feet and the mm-hmm. cool breeze in his mm-hmm. hair. And uh, that's his memory that yeah. is giving him hope in the midst of this yeah you know, right. seemingly certain doom. Right. So, so purifying that yeah. in, inordinate, what be, has become inordinate. Right. And then um, love, charity, purifies our will because as, as the fall, we're inclined to do what we want. to, sure. to And so anyway, when we're being charitable towards other, that act of charity, it purifies our will and conforms it more to God's will. Yeah. I'm done with John on the cross. I'm sorry. But you I'll see, stop I mean, like him. you see Jesus you, <laughs> living this virtue of hope even mm-hmm. from his cross. You know, Father, our, he says to the good thief, this day you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a man going through the worst of everything, mm-hmm. the God man, mm-hmm. who's pretty dope. Shout out to you. Dope God um, man. Yeah. <laughs> totally and, worthy uh, of our love. <laughs> and, uh, and he's got the hope for etern- eternity and mm-hmm. draws somebody else there. So mm-hmm. this day you'll be with me in paradise. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Christian hope takes up and fulfills the hope of the chosen people, which has its origin and model in the hope of Abraham. So yes, Abraham hoping against hope, he believed. 
and thus became the father of many nations. I love that, hoping against hope, right? Mm. Persevering in that hope, even when on paper, it seems hopeless. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Julia, you, were, Sorry. you did better than that. You're I'm, better than I'm, that. I'm not. That's the <laughs> I'm yeah. not. Okay. All right. 1820. Christian hope unfolds from the beginning of Jesus' preaching in the proclamation of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes raise our hope toward heaven as the new promised land. They trace the path that leads through the trials that await the disciples of Jesus. I love that. Christian hope unfolds from the beginning of Jesus' preaching in the proclamation of the Beatitudes, which give us, give us this paradox, right? Blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who are meek. And you're like, no, they're not. Blessed are the, right? Like mm-hmm. by nature, or uh, since the fall by our nature, what we want to say is, no, blessed are those who have everything they want and never have to suffer ever. Sure. What are you saying, Jesus? This makes right. no sense, right? And then he just doesn't <clears throat> say it. He demonstrates it, right? Mm-hmm. In his passion, you see him like demonstrate the blessed are those who are meek, and he basically undergoes all of the the terrible court case and all of mm-hmm. this. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are the pure of heart. Right? He's only focused on salvation. There's like there's the man living the beatitudes that he mm-hmm. started preaching with at the Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount. Mm-hmm. So, yes, hope is the sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Mm-hmm. Hope is also a weapon that protects us in the struggle of salvation. It affords us joy even under trial. Hope is expressed and nourished in prayer, especially in the Our Father, the summary of everything that hope leads us to desire. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love that it's a weapon, mm-hmm. right? Of course you do. Of course I do. Yes. But you look yes. like weapons so often are, right, they're, they're counterfeit. So the weapons mm. of the Roman soldiers were the torture devices used to scourge our Lord. Mm. But look at his weapon, the hope that he has. Mm. And, and so the weapons are, are the, the virtues are, right? Mm. And the grace of the Lord in our lives are the real, the real weapons. Everything else is, is really for those who have no hope in anything else. Mm. Now, granted, you know, as people are going through war and strife right now, there is a, you know, you kind of have to defend yourself. So let's just leave that to the side. But you notice Christ enduring with, Real weapons, not mm-hmm. those of torture. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, that's in here. We've discussed that <laughs> Yeah. in terms of that reality of that. Oh, yeah, and, the okay. just war and all that. Yeah. yeah, we did, didn't we? Very early on, but we did. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now I'm reminded of, of the passion narrative and Jesus recalling to them, right? Remember when I sent you out two by two? Mm. And were you in need of were anything? Were you in need of anything? No, nothing. No, nothing. But now if you have a sword, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two here. It is enough. It is enough. That's good. Yeah. Mm. But then when they go to use those swords, <clears throat> right? Think it's all, it's physical, right? They go mm-hmm. to use those swords and Peter slices and dices mm-hmm. the dude's ear. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, no, no, that's that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. now, right? The sword mm-hmm. you need is that courage, the word of God, the fire, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in your mm-hmm. belly. Right, right. In your gut. Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We can therefore hope in the glory of heaven promised by God to those who love him and do his will. In every circumstance, each one of us should hope with the grace of God to persevere to the end and to obtain the joy of heaven as God's eternal reward for the good works accomplished with the grace of Christ. In hope, the church prays for all men to be saved. She longs to be united with Christ, her bridegroom in the glory of heaven. Mm. And then, guess what we have right after that? A quote. Guess by who? St. Teresa of Avila. (sighs) Got a little Is that excited. a good guess? 
you're looking at your footnotes. I got oh. a little excited. I'm not going to mm. lie. So, um, man, she writes, hope, oh, my soul, hope, you know, neither the day nor the hour. Watch carefully for everything passes quickly, even though your impatience makes doubtful what is certain and turns a very short time into a long one. Dream that the more you struggle, the more you prove the love that you bear your God. And the more you will rejoice one day with your beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. Dream that the more you struggle, the more you prove the love that you bear your God. Mm-hmm. Hope against hope. Hope against hope. It'd be the anchor of your soul, the weapon that protects you. Hope. I love it. Yeah. Like John Paul II, our patron. Mm. The dope pope of hope. Yeah. The dope pope of hope. Shout out to you. Did you come up with that? I don't think so. Oh, that's unfortunate. That might have been a Father Jedediahism. That <laughs> oh. man's a witty. He's a witty man. He is a witty man. Yeah, he said something yesterday. I can't remember what it was, but sorry, I just had a flashback of watching him just crack up. Yeah, it was good too. Like, I wonder if he was as like, proud of himself as he was about my feet washing joke because I was possibly, possibly. And as he's laughing at his own joke, I'm like, "You earned it. <laughs> Go get him." All right, and then we have a few paragraphs on. The virtue of all virtues. Charity. Charity. Or love. Love. Caritas. Right. Charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves because they deserve it. Mm. No. Because they're nice to us. No. Oh, how about that? We love our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Mm. Mm. Those are really important things, right? We love God for his own sake, not Mm -hmm. because of what he does for us. Mm -hmm. And we love our neighbors, well, because God loves them. Mm -hmm. And because we both have the same father, Mm -hmm. then they're our brothers and our sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether we like it or not, whether they're nice to us or not, whether Mm -hmm. they're our enemies or our friends, Mm -hmm. um, that's the love of God. We will the good of them. Yeah. This is love. A choice, not Mm -hmm. a feeling. Jesus makes charity the new commandment. Mm, shout out to the Last Supper, right? I give mm. you a new commandment. Mm. Love one another as I have loved you. Mm. Right. By loving his own to the end, he makes manifest the Father's love which he receives. By loving one another, the disciples imitate the love of Jesus which they themselves receive. Whence Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And again, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm, okay. If you keep my commandments, Jesus says, you will abide in my love. Mm-hmm. So by the fruits we know, how do we know that we're loving or keeping his commandments? We're right. choosing love even when we're not feeling the love, mm-hmm. right? We're choosing to love or choosing the good of our neighbor. Which is really nice that he gives us those commandments because sometimes we wonder like, oh, am I loving? Am I not mm. loving? It's like, well, we've got some, we've got a decalogue here, ten, the mm-hmm. 10 commandments to just lay out what it means to love or what it means to not love. And mm-hmm. uh, we can do a little examination of conscience. Right. So. And by the fruits, we will know. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't say, we'll talk about the fruits here at the end. That's the last paragraph we're talking about today. But Jesus mm. tells us by the fruits, you will know, right. not by the feelings. <laughs> right. Right. And right. sometimes our feelings are beyond our capacity to change. Mm. Right. We have to say, every time I see this person, I'm agitated by this person. And I want to forgive this person. I want to love this person. But every time they walk in the room, you know, whatever, it is you. No. <laughs> I was totally hinting yeah, there. No. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is love is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a feeling. And we know right. by the fruits of our lives if, mm-hmm. if we're choosing love. Yeah, because you look at Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. As he's dying on the cross, he's probably not feeling like warm fuzzies. Right. Right. He makes the choice to lay down his, his mm-hmm. life 
no greater love than this mm-hmm. than to lay down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. So mm. sets the example for us all. Um, Christ died out of love for us while we were still enemies. Hmm. The Lord asks us to love as he does, yes, even our enemies, to make ourselves the neighbor of those farthest away and to love children and the poor as Christ himself. Um, Paul, of course, words are probably very familiar to, to a lot of us. Charity is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So you're getting there. It believes all things, faith. It hopes all things. You're getting these theological virtues, endures all things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, like, I love the, the words that Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Mm. So even as he's, he's having mercy upon those, he's actually giving them the, the out, right? The mm. excuse. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They have no clue. And that's probably a lot of people in our own lives, right? Mm. Our own enemies, the people we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they're not intentionally trying to, mm-hmm. to get under our skin, to annoy us, to, to be hateful. They just honestly don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's us sometimes too, mm-hmm. right? We, we kind of, we think we're well-intentioned, we're doing the best, but actually we're kind of only thinking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will wake us up and realize like, oh, Father, forgive me for I know not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So right. anyways, yeah, yeah, having mercy. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the example he set for us on the Christ at this moment of his death. And of course, he, he came here to do the will of the Father. Doing the will of the Father was all he was about, right? When the sure. friends were arguing against him and, and Peter was saying, not me, I'm not going to deny you, Lord, it won't be me. And he's saying, but you will, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, still this this resolute determination to do what the Father has sent him to do. And in that moment, as he's hanging on the cross, and he's even being tempted on the mm-hmm. cross in terms of, you know, you saved save others. Yourself save yourself and us while you're at it. Yeah, and while you're doing that, yeah. here I am, right? Yeah. So he's even had that temptation to work this extraordinary miracle and and to save himself, to save those around him. And in the past, he did heal in extraordinary mm-hmm. ways, but he doesn't. It's this willingness to suffer, even, even unto death. Right. And so in that moment where perhaps... We want the conversion of others so bad, but we're not willing to just sit in that suffering and and sit in that prayer of the Lord's of forgive them for they know mm-hmm. not what they do. And we just fix it, you know, right. just fix it, make it go away. This is too stinking painful. Like I've seen you convert other hearts. Why didn't, why don't you just convert those? And yet a part of being like him is being willing to sit in those times and, you know, just pray, yeah. forgive them Amen. for they know not what they do and, and willingly suffer mm-hmm. as the Lord suffered. And anyway... Wow. Okay. So charity, love is superior to all the virtues. It's the first of the theological virtues, as as Paul writes, faith, hope, and charity abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is charity, mm-hmm. right? Without love, we are nothing. That's, that's right. Banging gong, clashing cymbal. That's right. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, 1827, the practice of all the virtues is animated and inspired by charity, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Okay, right? So it's, it is superior to all, keeps everything bound together. 1828 was my favorite paragraph. It was great. I was going to say it was... Yeah. 1828 yeah. was great. Ah, oh, that didn't have the right rhythm. All right, moving on. Um <laughs> What's so great about it, Padre? Uh, Tell us. I love this. Charity gives to the Christian the spiritual freedom of the children of God. So 
all of us long for freedom, right? We don't, mm. we don't want to be constricted, but oftentimes what binds us is ourselves. Mm. You know, it's not external laws. It's not mm. all of this. Well, you know, things from the outside, but it's things on the inside, mm. our own attachments, our attachments mm. to, to our good reputation, our attachment to comfort, our attachment to pleasure, whatever, whatever it is. And love, when we can choose things, God for his own sake, or choose our, our loved ones, mm. love them, not because they're good to us, right? Not for our own rewards, but actually for them, we're free to act. Mm-hmm. Right? We're free to act simply for the love of God. And that's mm-hmm. what makes this just a, such a great reminder that if you want to be free, love to the fullest. Yeah. And Amen. first to the Lord and then to those mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. So um, he no longer stands before God as a slave and servile feel, fear or as a mercenary looking for wages, but as a son responding to the love of him who first loved us. Yes. Yeah. We're not mercenaries. We're not slaves. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you how um, how twisted and warped since the fall our our view of love is. Even even as a parent, how mm-hmm. often I find myself wanting my son just to obey me because I've threatened him otherwise if he doesn't, <laughs> and that's not great, right? No, this isn't not, the love. No. This isn't the love that God gives to us. He doesn't want us. We're not loved as slaves. If if I'll love you as long as you do what I've told you to mm-hmm. do, type of a thing. That's not. We're loved as children, right? right. And our our motivation to um, to being charitable towards others should be that we love him. We love him because of who he is, because he's our Father who loves us, and so we want to love him. We don't want to displease him because of our great love for him, not because we're afraid of the wrath that may or may not come, right? Well, we're not going to do it because we're going to get some reward, right? Just, I'm going to do this because the Lord's going to reward me with, you know, money or easy life. So that's that comparison made in this chapter that we love him not because we're slaves and we're fearful of what might come, not because we're these mercenaries and we just expect wages and we expect good in return, Mm -hmm. but because we love him, because he's our father, because we're his children. I love that. Um, the fruits of charity. So again, you'll know, you'll know by the fruits. What are the fruits of charity? Oh, good question. They are joy, peace, and mercy. Joy, peace, and mercy. So when we love the, the happiest people are the ones who love. Mm-hmm. So, so Jesus dying on the cross is the happy man. That's that. something to ponder and chew mm-hmm. on. It really is. What do you mean? He doesn't look happy. He doesn't, <laughs> but he's free too. He's free, totally at peace, mm-hmm. right? exuding mercy. So are you exuding those things in your own life? Joy, peace, mercy. Are these fruits present? Hmm. If so, likely charity. There are charity. lots of fruits present in my life, but they're apples and bananas and oranges. <laughs> See, that's yeah. awful. That, you're better than that. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you're not. All right. The gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. These, uh, so the first, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these get defined in, um, in uh, Isaiah 11... Uh, one through one and two. So there are permanent dispositions which make us docile in following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. permanent dispositions that we live, <coughs> that the Lord gives to us the gifts of the Holy Spirit to live a Christian life. So they are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they belong to Jesus primarily. But they, then he shares them with us. Mm-hmm. They belong in their fullness to Christ, the son of David, and then they are shared with us. So we can't separate these gifts of the Holy Spirit from the humanity of Christ. Right. Because it all is fulfilled in the mm-hmm. person of Christ. Um, 
Yeah, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then the fruits, the, the uh, fruits of the Spirit, the tradition of the church lists 12. So again, by your fruits, you will know them. Mm-hmm. Here are the fruits of the Spirit, charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, chastity. So let's say you meet somebody who's relatively is cl- claiming to live a holy life, seemingly living a holy life, seemingly living a life of prayer, and says, I know the Lord and I'm faithful, and yet these these fruits aren't present. They're agitated people who have no self-control, who are very angry, who um, just want revenge, and you can say, I don't know that yeah. your actions are These fruits are, of the Spirit yeah. here, right? And yet you meet somebody who is is exuding these, right? Charity, joy, peace, patience, self-control, modesty. And you can go, oh. Yeah. I want what oh, they're having. Oh, yeah. that's attractive mm-hmm. because holiness is attractive. <laughs> what are you doing that's different? You mm-hmm. live in the same world I live, right? Right. <laughs> same trials, same tribulations. How can you be happy when you're being crucified? Oh. Oh. Oh, that's the question we should mm. all be asking, mm. <laughs> right? The wisdom mm. of the Lord and loving the Lord and the fruit of all these virtues. Sure. Okay. Groovy. Groovy. So this is Holy Week. We said that at the beginning. We're recording this on Spy Wednesday. It's being released on Good Friday. Maybe people will tune on on Good Friday. What do you have, like, how can we enter fully into Holy Week. This is just personal questions, not necessarily related to what we talked mm. about in the catechism. But any like advice for us as we enter into this, or as we ah, the Word of God is always a good place to start, mm. right? If you wanna, if you wanna enter, you wanna enter in like to that's the Lord speaking to us, mm. right? Of of in drawing us into this this Passion Week. So, mm. uh, you know, of reading those those narratives of the of the Passion of our Lord, and also the resurrection ones, right? There's a certain kind of wonder to mm. those Easter morning Gospels and Mary Magdalene and all that. So, mm. I'd read the Gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great advice. Yeah, maybe shut off, shut off technology and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And even if you li- re- listen to this during Easter week, like those those uh, those first few gospels, like the Easter morning gospels, read those mm-hmm. um, from all those last couple chapters in mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Monumental. Yeah. Yeah, transformative. Right. Live the liturgy. That's right. <laughs> right. What season yeah. are we in? Live the liturgy, read the Gospels, participate mm-hmm. in the liturgical services if you're able to, Mass, oh, liturgical yeah, yeah, yeah. services. Yeah. Go to the Easter Vigil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cool. Are we... Uh... I think. I think we're good. Yeah, unless you had anything else. You don't. You're getting up to cross that off. So let me read the in brief, summarize what we talked about. The theological virtues dispose Christians to live in a relationship with the Holy Trinity. They have God for their origin, their motive, and their object, God known by faith, God hoped in and loved for his own sake. There are three of them, faith, hope, and charity. They inform all the moral virtues and give life to them. By faith, we believe in God and believe all that he has revealed to us and that the Holy Church proposes for our belief. By hope, we desire and with steadfast trust await from God eternal life in the graces to merit it. By charity, we love God above all things and our neighbor as ourselves for love of God. Charity, the form of all virtues, binds everything together in perfect harmony. The seven gifts of the Holy Spirit bestowed upon Christians are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Okay. Where are we going? Lock and load.
Were you aiming? Got it. Resurrection in the Trinity. Were you aiming there? Oh, yeah. It's Easter. That's good, man. Wow. I told you, you got good aim. Okay. Stop it. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about love being the, the foundation of all these virtues, Yeah, what right? is love? The greatest of all these is love. So let's go to Paul's. Let's go to Paul's words here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. 